Good morning, City Church. I'm Trevor, and this is City Church Together for Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Um, I'll start in verse 1 and read until verse uh, through verse 11. James writes, Come now, you rich people, weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up treasure in the last days. Look, the pay that you withheld from the workers who mowed your fields cries out and the outcry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and have indulged yourselves. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous who does not resist you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. And that is the word of the Lord from James chapter 5. In um, my uh, continuing reading of um, the problem of racial injustice in our country, and trying to embrace um, and understand many points of view on it, um, there there are sort of um, two prevalent ideas about um, racial injustice in our country. Um, one uh, one idea is that um, the responsibility to um, sort of right uh, to make things just in this country relies primarily on um, relies primarily on those who are oppressed, or specifically with racial injustice, and as it relates to um, chattel slavery um, dating back, you know, four hundred years. The 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 uh, responsibility is for black people to um, do something about it, uh, to make right decisions, or um, you know, uh, not not to play the victim card. There's another point of view um, that says that no, no, no. It should be primarily the responsibility of the uh, white people in our country, um, and white people need to uh, make reparations. Uh, why? Here's here are the actions that white people need to take because you know there is their lineage that is the oppressors that brought in systemic injustice, and, and so it's the responsibility of, of white people um, to sort of stamp out racism. Um, and both of those ideas have um, some, and, and yes, I have just completely broad-brushed two big ideas. Um, 
because I, I, I want to make a point from what shows up in the scripture in James that is really challenging me that I want us to pray towards. But um, both of those ideas have some validity and truth to them, and both of them, I think, miss a um, Christian understanding of the world and of our justice problem. And so when I read James this morning, um, I was challenged uh, because of what I see here in James chapter 5. So on one hand, at the first of James chapter 5, you have James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, coming hard at oppressors, coming hard at these rich people. He tells them that they uh, that they should will weep and wail over the miseries that are coming to them, that their wealth has rotted um, because, uh, and that they are like, uh, that they have fattened their hearts in the day of slaughter, um, that they have murdered the righteous. Uh, so very, very strong language uh, towards these rich people who essentially have used um, uh, these uh, poor people to uh, harvest their land, yet have not paid them for the work. Uh, so they have you know, they are oppressors who are engaging a group of people, taking advantage of a group of people for unpaid labor. It sounds definitely a lot like slavery. Uh, there's there's lots of connections to the racial injustice and the, the system that was built on that over the years here um, with our biases and, and, and everything else. And you hear very strong language given by the Holy Spirit here towards the oppressor. One that might make you say, oh yeah, those... Those folks who are oppressing, or those folks who say it is, it is, it's the responsibility of the oppressor to sort of um, make amends and repent of their ways. And it is true that that is there, and, and James speaks very, very strongly towards the oppressor. But then, in the second half of what I read, there's a therefore, and then we get all this family talk. Notice how many times, one, two, three, um, James uses, it's probably brothers, the CSB often um will translate brothers and sisters, which is accurate in the sense that there is meaning there that it would encompass a whole family. But I just want you to notice the familial talk. In other words, Christians, bro- Christian brothers and sisters, what are we going to do? And I want you to watch. I want you to be very careful, okay? Um, we're going to be very careful, and I'm going to be very careful in the way that I say this, but, but just look at what the Scripture says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. And then he talks about, gives this metaphor, see how the farmer waits for the fruit of the earth. In other words, um, in other words, God is going to bring justice. You need to wait for it. It says, strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Okay, so the action point that we're given is to strengthen our hearts, uh, to prepare ourselves, to incur, to be encouraged, to seek encouragement, to give us the courage to do what's right. Brothers and sisters, don't complain about one another. Boy, is that a temptation right now? Do you, you get frustrated about people who don't have your view on justice or COVID or whatever else? Yes, we absolutely do. And so the, there's a warning there. Don't complain to one another. It says, look, the judge stands at the door. The judge stands at the door. He says, don't complain about one another so that you will not be judged. 
Okay, what's the implication there? The implication is that when we begin to complain sort of about the other party or we begin to, to simply live a life of complaining about the injustice is that we then fall into injustice ourselves that needs to be righted by, um, righted, R-I-G-H-T-E-D, um, not rioted, righted by the judge. And he says, look, the judge stands at the door. In other words, you, you complaining about injustice, you are, you are also under judgment. He says, brothers and sisters, uh, and then in, in order to strengthen our hearts and encourage, he says, take a look at the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance. You have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Now, here's what this passage is not saying. This passage is not saying, as happened so many years to our African-American brothers and sisters from um, uh, many, many white people. Um, uh, You think of a letter from a Birmingham jail uh, by uh, Martin Luther King, Jr., Um, be patient. You're just causing problems. You need to wait and let, you know, uh, wait and, in other words, don't take action. But note who we're to take our example from, the prophets. Now, what did the prophets do? The prophets spoke up about injustice. I mean, that is 90%. You go back and you read Old Testament prophets. 90% of what they're saying is they are confronting uh, injustice, especially the sort of justice that's happening here. So it's not that you don't speak up about it. Because the prophets are given as an example. We are to exercise patience, but that doesn't mean being quiet. We are to speak up prophetically about injustice, but we are also, we are also not to just imbibe the world's ideals that because we speak up about injustice, that we are better people than someone else. You you undercut the gospel. As soon as you start saying, because I think this way about this issue, I am now a better person, that you will become the oppressor. You will become, you have to, that's why he says, watch out for this, brothers and sisters. So he, he says, remember we're a family, which we've gone over in a sermon before, in, as, we, as we engage these racial issues, remember that you're a family. Watch out for the way that you complain. Watch out for who you demonize. Watch out for your own self-righteousness. But you should still speak up like a prophet, but be prepared that just because you speak up, things are not immediately going to change. In fact, Look at the prophets. Look at Job. Look at those who, who with endurance, with endurance given by the Lord, got to see at one day his compassion and his mercy. Uh, look at the fruit of Job, who you know goes 42 or whatever chapters before he sees sort of the, the restoration, the, the, the justice come back to him where things uh, even out. And, but in that, but in that, um, command for us to be patient, James, the Holy Spirit through James also reveals the Lord's absolute disgust and distaste with injustice. So it's not the Lord's going to let injustice carry on. It's not the Lord is indifferent to this. It is, it is very much the Lord hears you as you cry out about injustice. The Lord sees you. The Lord is disgusted about it, and he is going to do something. The role we play, yes, to speak up about it. Yes, to act just in our ways, but we are called, even when it seems unfair, we are called to patience, forbearance. We are called to not complain. We are called to wait on the Lord. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And we know that that involves pain. It involves suffering. It involves long haul 
discipleship, long haul walking with Jesus. So I was impressed by this because it is another centering scripture that says God cares about the oppressed. God cares about justice. Yet, you're still going to have to be patient. You're still going to have to endure suffering. You are still going to have to wait on the Lord. Only he can do this. Speak up. Speak up like a prophet. Speak up. But understand the pain and the suffering that may come into your life through it and the endurance that you're going to need to get through it. Brothers and sisters, remember your family as you do this. And so let's pray in that direction that we would take up James chapter 5 as a church family. We would care about what God cares about. And we would also be patient as we wait on him as we speak into these issues of racial justice. Let's be silent and pray. Our Father, your wisdom is always going to offend someone. You have been offending across cultures, geographical areas, different worldviews and viewpoints for thousands and thousands of years. Because there is not one camp one tribe that gets it right. Only you are truth. Only you are wisdom. Only you know. And so we submit to you in your revealed word what you say to us that we will, like you do, listen for the cries of the oppressed, listen for the cries of those for whom justice is not being enacted. We will speak up about it like the prophets, but we will also be patient. We cannot run ahead of you. We walk with you. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. That is what our aim is. Will you sow that seed into us today of remembrance of of these truths? And as we meditate today on James chapter 5, remind us that as Christians, as the church, we will not fit easily into any one camp's category or any one solution. But we will follow you lead us, our good shepherd. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.